0: You know, uh, I think I said something about it the very first service, there's two difficult services in a revival and that's the first one because it's hard to know where to start and then there's the last one because it's hard to know where to line, you know, to wind everything up. Uh, but I hope, folk, that this is not the end of revival. Amen. And I hope that there has been something accomplished this week in your hearts that will carry over in the months ahead. And, you know, if we'll let it, God can do that for us. And just like your pastor was saying, yes, I know that there is that time when we kind of have to come down back to... a, a. well, it doesn't sound good, but to a normal level, we never want... <laughs> I think you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, and, and we know that there are those times. Uh, but yet on the other hand, God wants to keep us, keeps the fire burning in our hearts. He wanna keep, wants to keep the joy in our souls. And I guarantee you, He will do it if we will let Him. Praise His name. So with the help of the Lord... I want to speak to you along the line of how are we going to keep the spirit of revival moving in our church? How can we keep it going? Thank God for what's already been done. But let's not be satisfied with that. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, I would like for you to turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 2. Chapter 2 of the book of Acts, I'm going to begin reading at verse 37. And if you are able, would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word and uh, for a basis for the message tonight. Oh, friend, I want to keep the Spirit alive in my own heart and life, don't you? Oh, Lord, help us not to just uh, settle down and just... uh, you know, and I'm afraid that that's happening. And, and like I said, I realize there's a certain settling down after, cause, after a high, in fact, you know, in fact, really, we could not live on that high plane constantly. But yet, on the other hand, we don't want to settle back down to normalcy till there's nothing helping, happening taking place anymore. Acts chapter 2, going to begin reading at verse 37. Now, when they heard this, now you may have to back up a little bit, to get the basis for where I'm starting, but I'll let you do that on your own. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you and to your children, And to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added to them about 3,000 souls. Now, boy, that'd be a revival, wouldn't it? 3,000? Amen. Thank the Lord. Verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods and part of them to all men as every man had need and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Father in heaven, we pray that you would add your blessing to thy word tonight. And Lord, we need your help in this service we thank you, Lord, for what you have done in these revival services, how you have come and how souls have been helped. We thank you, Father. But, oh, God, we need you afresh tonight. And we pray to your God that your will would be done. Give us that help that only comes for you, and may you get all the glory. And, Lord, you know the needs that are here tonight. Speak to those hearts, and may you get all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. For our scripture text tonight, I'd like for you to notice verse 42 that I read in your hearing tonight that says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. They continued steadfastly. Amen. And if you go down to verse 46 you will see a similar vein is given to us there in the 46th verse where it says, And they continuing daily with one accord. They continued. Even when things got rough, even when things weren't going well, they kept going. Amen. Regardless of the opposition, regardless of the enemy fighting and friend. If you have moved up spiritually this week, make up your mind. Tomorrow the devil may jump on you. That's what he does. The devil never quits. Satan, he's always there trying to discourage us, trying to defeat us. And if you haven't run into him lately, just hang on. Amen. You say, Well, you're talking about my wife. No, I'm not talking about your wife. You know, I might help you to smile a little bit. I do see everybody from up here. <laughs> say say, did you wake up grumpy this morning? No, I let her sleep. No. <laughs> I might hear from that later, so No, she knows me. (laughs) After almost 51 years, she knows me a little bit. (laughs) But notice, my friend, it says that they continued half-heartedly. No. They continued steadfastly. Amen. And so tonight I want to bring you a few thoughts on... How can we keep the Spirit of Revival going in our church? Friend, it doesn't have to end. And if it comes to an end, we can blame no one but ourselves. So notice, first of all, if we want to keep the Spirit of Revival moving in our hearts and in our church and in our church services, we've got to learn to submit to the authority of the Holy Spirit. We've got to submit, my friend, to his authority. If you look in the book of Acts and uh, look back from, uh, you know, from the day of Pentecost and all through the, through the writings about the early church, you will see that it t- talks about that these men were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when it says they were filled, it means the same thing as mean meaning that the Holy Spirit took charge of them. Amen. And friend, if we are going to keep the revival spirit going, if we are going to keep the fullness upon our church and upon our services, then my friend, we must live under the authority of the Holy Spirit. And not just when it's convenient... And not just when we feel like it, but constantly, at all times, on the job. You know, it's easy to be religious in church. Right. It's not hard to be religious in church. You know, we can put our religious garbs on. You know, and and, uh, we think, well, we're pretty good people. Come on now. But how is it out there on the job? How is it in the home? With our children? Do your children have confidence in you? How is it, my friend, with your husband or with your wife? Do they have confidence in you? Come on, friend living constantly under the authority of the Holy Spirit. Thank the Lord. Now, if you notice through the book of Acts, talking about the early church, it says that the Holy Spirit said, or the Spirit prompted, or the Spirit said unto them. Remember, it was the Spirit that told Philip to go down to Gaza where there he would meet the Ethiopian eunuch. The Spirit told him to go. It was the Holy Spirit that said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul to the work that he had called them to. Amen. And friend, and so when the Holy Spirit spoke, they obeyed. And if we are going to keep the anointing and the filling of the Holy Spirit upon our services, friend, we have to come under the authority of the Holy Spirit. It's he that must run our program. It's He that must run our church services. It's He, my friend, that must run our lives, our schools, everything about us. Amen. Friend, it's not my agenda, but it's His. Praise the Lord. And you see, when we begin to back up on letting the Holy Spirit be in the supreme authority in our lives, then we get into trouble spiritually. And then we wonder why don't why doesn't the Lord come in our services? So let me ask you Is your life completely under the control of the Holy Spirit? Your activities, your businesses your church, your organization, everything about about you. Amen. But friend, if we want to keep the Holy Spirit working in a revival mode in our services, not only must we come under the authority of the Holy Spirit, but we must be sensitive to the approval of the Holy Spirit. Since we are under His authority, then friend, we need to be sensitive to his approval. Friend, I don't know about you, but I want the approval of the Holy Spirit upon my heart and life. And if I can please people doing it, then that's fine. But if I have to not please people, and but I'd rather have his approval than the approval of people. Amen. Oh, friend, be to be able to discern the checks and the leadership of the Holy Ghost. Remember, there was a time in the life of the Apostle Paul that he wanted to go to Asia and preach the gospel. But it said the Spirit suffered him not. Now, friend, there was nothing wrong with the Apostle Paul wanting to go to Asia and preach the gospel. That was a good thing. But you see, it wasn't God's timing. And so the the Apostle Paul, being under the authority and being sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit, he did what the Holy Spirit told him to do. He did not go, but the Lord opened another door for him. Amen. And beloved, we must cultivate a sensitivity to the Spirit's leadership to be able to know His checks. And friend, this is not something that happens the moment we're sanctified. The moment we're saved and sanctified. Oh, he helps us, yes. But you see, even for the sanctified Christian, there is a learning process. Come on. And we must be tuned in to what to his voice, sensitive enough. You know there are a lot of voices in this room this evening, but you can't hear them. That's right. There's all sorts of voices going on in this room, but we can't hear them because we're not tuned into them. But I could take my cell phone, it's out in the car, so turn your cell phone down if it's on. Might as well smile, come on. I think there was one preacher one time he was saying something like that, and lo and behold, he got up here and his went off on him. <laughs> but you see, or I can get a I could bring a radio in here and I could turn it on and we could hear all sorts of voices, music, whatever. And friend, we need to tune in to the voice of the blessed Holy Spirit. Come on. And I want to tell you, there are a lot of things that wants to dim his voice and make it so that we do not hear what he is saying to us. And and it doesn't have to be that we're living in sin or anything of that nature. But, friend, we can just become so so overburdened with things of this life and one thing another. And I'm sure, no doubt, every one of us at times, there's been times when we've missed it. Come on, because we weren't sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit. I know there's been times in my own life when I've missed it, not that I went out and sinned, don't misunderstand me, but yet I did not catch the guidance of the Holy Ghost. So, friend, if we want to keep him moving in our hearts, beloved, let's create, my friend, a sensitivity to what he wants to do. You see, my friend, the standards of Christian living, they are so much different from the world. Amen. So much different. Sometimes pastors, preachers, sometimes even other Christians, some you will be asked, well, what's wrong with so-and-so? What's wrong with me going here? Or what's wrong with me doing that? Come on. Now, now. Is there any sin in it? Well, just to be honest with you, there are some things that's no sin in it, but they're not good for us. Amen. And in fact, beloved, if you have to question your mind whether there's something right or wrong about it, the best thing you to do is to stay away from it. Amen. Don't take the chance. In fact, we hadn't ought to ask what's wrong with it. We ought to ask what's right with it. Is God pleased with it? Does the Lord approve? Amen. You know, the book of Hebrews tells us that every son that God receives, he chastens and corrects. Ever been chastened by the Lord? Amen. Amen. Ever have him discipline you? Lord, help us. You mean you've always done it right and you've never missed it anywhere? Come on, church. Well, Lord, bless you if that's the way you've lived all since your Christian life. But I can't say I have. But I tell you this one thing. I'm glad, thank God, when he comes and begins to chase and shows us where we've missed it, if we will say, Lord, I'm sorry, I missed it, I shouldn't have said it, or I should, or I, I missed your checks, I missed your guidance, and when we say, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm, uh, Lord, help me, I shouldn't have said that, or I shouldn't have taken that attitude, whatever, I'm glad that he will say, I forgive you, son, come on, let's just keep going. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. And we learn from it. I hope we do. Amen. Amen. Oh, I know. I've had I'm glad so glad the Lord's been so patient with me. Oh, bless his holy name. Amen. In fact, church, we should live so close to the Lord. So close to him that he can check us on something that he might not check someone else on. And that does not mean that we are to sit s- on the judgment seat for each other. Come on, church. Amen. 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 But we are all different. Yes, and we all have different personalities. Yes. Amen. And God is trying to get us to heaven. He's trying to help us. So, beloved, you—you you see, you may do something, be able to do something, or show an attitude that I cannot, and vice versa. Doesn't mean we're not serving the Lord. We're serving the same God. And remember, you don't have to answer to me. You say, boy, I sure am glad of that. Well, I don't have to answer to you either. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I'm not God. I wouldn't know what to do with some people, just to be honest. They're not good enough to go to heaven and they're too good to go to hell. I'm glad God's the judge, and I'm glad that one day He's going to straighten everything out. Praise the Lord. He'll get it right. But you see, on the other hand, we need to to cultivate. If we want the Holy Spirit to keep blessing, and we want the Holy Spirit to keep using us, we must cultivate, my friend, a sensitivity to the keenness, to the approval or disapproval of the blessed Holy Spirit. Amen. And then again, If we want to keep the revival going, we want to keep His presence real. (laughs) We we must cooperate with the activities of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You see, the Holy Spirit moves and operates, yes. But He operates through people. God does not anoint a pulpit. God does not anoint an altar. The Holy Spirit does not anoint a pew. But the Holy Spirit will anoint the people who sit in the pews. The Holy Spirit will anoint the preacher that stands behind the pulpit. God operates, the Holy Spirit operates through people. That is why it's so important for you and I as Christians as saved and sanctified believers, that we prepare our hearts before we come to church. Amen. Maybe I should have preached this message the first night instead of tonight. (laughs) Ever go to church and everything's dry? Everything's cold? The singing's dry? The preacher's dry? Come on. It may not be the preacher's fault. It could be your fault. Come on. You see, when we come into this church, remember, well, let me ask you this, and, and you know this, where does the Holy Spirit dwell? In us. In the Christian. When we are born again, the Holy Spirit comes and makes His dwelling place in our heart and in our life. And so, my friend, when we come to church, we bring him with us. So if, and don't misunderstand me, I'm not throwing rocks, I don't have any up here. <laughs> have you ever gotten up on Sunday morning and uh, you get up late? And uh, you know the, you're trying to get things around, trying to get hur- hurrying up, you know, and, and uh, uh, trying to hurry up the wife and the kids and everything else, and and uh, or it could be vice versa. You're trying to hurry up the husband and all, everything, take care of everything else. And boy, you know this one can't. You can't, you can't find your your new your clean white shirt or your tie or your socks or just everything else going on in your in your life. Come on, you ever been there? And by the time you get to church, you are really in a good worshipful mood. I've been there. And then we wonder. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not throwing stones. I know things happen that we can't help. I know that. And that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm driving at. But, friend, you know we need to prepare our hearts and our minds Amen. So that when we come into the sanctuary, so when we come into worship, you see, we bring the Spirit with us. That's, the, that's what comes into And friend, we need to cultivate that kind of sensitive spirit. Lord, help us. And sometimes, you know, so we must cooperate. The Holy Spirit works through people. He works through us. Oh, to be able to be pliable in His hands, to be used as He sees best. Sometimes, now I want to tell you, folk, I, a lot of new things I have problems with in the church world. And we may think that God always has to operate in a certain way, the same way all the time. But let me tell you a little secret. You cannot put God in a box and say it's got to be done this way or God's not in it. You say, well, that church, they don't have an altar. They have the inquiry room, and so they have pe- take people back there, but they don't have an altar, so something's wrong. What difference does it make as long as people are born again? As long as people are finding God. And I know there's a lot of new things that's come down the pike that I've had problems with. Maybe it's because of my age and what I'm used to. That's okay. Amen. And that doesn't mean I have to agree with it, but I want to tell you one thing. I have to be sweet. I have to watch my attitude. Amen. Good preaching if I am doing it. Praise the Lord. You know if you look through the book of Acts, you will see that there were times when the Holy Spirit had the early church partake and do some things. That was entirely against the Jewish Jewish learning uh, history that they were used to doing. You remember that time when, about Peter? You know, he was a Jew, a good Christian. Amen. Saved and sanctified. This is after Pentecost. God told him, you go eat with those Gentiles. Go home with them. Now, you know, that was entirely taboo to the Jews. But, oh, I'm glad he went. (laughs) Because, you see, that was just another way of opening up the gospel to you and I as Gentiles, that we could know the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you see, this kind of leadership, beloved, of the Holy Spirit is only for those who are close enough to detect it. Oh, church, stay close to the Holy Spirit, so whatever it is. Now, I, no, please don't misunderstand me. I know sometimes, yes, we have to pray about some things. Is Should we really do this or should we not? But, friend, if we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, He will give us clear guidance if we'll be honest. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, you see, not only must, the Holy, must we cooperate with the Holy Spirit individually, but we must also cooperate with the Holy Spirit collectively as a church. And of course, I've covered some of that already. And I want to tell you one thing that grieves the working of the Holy Spirit is schisms in the body, divisions in the body, people getting their, heart, their, their feelings hurt, becoming critical and fault-finding, falling out with one another. Lord, help us. You know, sometimes in a church in that condition, you know, beloved, we are actually killing the very thing we are trying to have. We want the Holy Spirit to come, and we want the Holy Spirit to move on our hearts and in our church, but yet, my friend, because of these little misunderstandings, and beloved, a lot of those things in eternity it won't amount to a hill of beans. And yet we'll let things divide us, and then we wonder why we, the revival does not continue. The Bible says quench not the Spirit, grieve not the Holy Ghost. Don't quench His activity, don't grieve His nature. Divisions will always grieve the Holy Spirit. And beloved, one of the great emphasis in the book of Acts is the fact that they were of one accord, they were of one heart. They shared their goods. Amen. You see, one of the main focuses of the Holy Spirit's moving is oneness of spirit. Amen. So you see, if we want to keep the revival going, we must submit to the Holy Spirit's authority. We must be sensitive to His approval. We must cooperate with His activity. But let's remember something else. Jesus said, I will send you another comforter that he, the, comforter, that the spirit of truth, that he may abide with you temporarily. Is that what he said? That he may abide with you forever. His permanence. Friend, it's been what, over 2,000 years ago now since the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. But I want to tell you, he's still active he is still working friend he is still working in the church friend we've seen it this week he's still working he's still here he still wants to help he still wants to save he still wants to sanctify he still wants to renew thank God he wants the church to keep the joy and the victory he's come to abide hallelujah in our hearts thank the Lord forever you remember the Apostle John, his last vision, when he saw it over there in the book of Revelation, where did he see the Holy Spirit He was in, who was the representative of Christ in the church? He saw him in the church, among the church. And friend, he is there now to move, to correct, to chasten, to direct us. He's here to be our guide, to empower us, to keep us, to help us, to proclaim the gospel. Hallelujah. Praise his name. But one more thought. If we want to keep the revival spirit going, we must be careful to maintain those special anointings of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know in the book of Acts it says on the day of Pentecost they were all filled, and that's true, they were. But you can go on over. You can go on over in the history of the early church. You can go on over to chapter 4. And it says there in chapter 4 again, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. You see, the early church at that time, they were facing another problem. They had facing something they had never gone through before. And so, my friend, they needed more. Not that they weren't sanctified, not that they weren't filled on the day of Pentecost. They were, but they realized they needed more help. And so they began to pray, and the Bible says again they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And I want to tell you, church, yes, thank God for our two trips to the altar, but, friend, it does not stop there. There are times because of a, because of. A living conditions times because of a, a, a bumping elbows with the world that somehow t- at times we just get empty on the inside and we need to say oh god do it again oh god anoint me again give me a fresh infilling give me a fresh indwelling of thy presence and friend if you want to keep the revival spirit going that's what it's going to take keep the fire burning in your soul hallelujah Thank the Lord. Well, he's here. Have you received a new infilling this week? If you haven't, it's not too late. Thank the Lord. And if you want the revival to continue, friend, we have to let the whole... Friend, we can't do it. It's got to be him. It's got to be Him working in us and through us. We've got to be obedient. We've got to be sensitive to what He wants. We've got to keep the fresh anointing, the fresh anointing oil in our hearts and in our life. Maybe some of you have heard about that. I guess he was a concert pianist. Paterwaski. years ago, famous pianist. This is what he said. He said, if I missed practice one day, he could tell it. He said, if he missed practice two days, his friends could tell it. But if he missed practice three days, everybody could tell it. Friend, if that's true, with the touch of a piano, with a concert pianist, what about the touch of the Holy Spirit on our own lives? Amen. Friend, I don't know, but but, but beloved, we can't afford to go one day without the touch of the Holy Ghost. And friend, if you want the revival, friend, I want the revival fires to keep burning. I wanted to keep, and friend, I, I hope that we, can, we hear in days ahead that here at Jernigan, there's been greater things take place. Oh, not because well, the evangelists know, but because the Holy Spirit came, because people revived and, and souls were won. Hallelujah. And it can happen, but church, we have to cooperate with the blessed Holy Ghost. Amen. So how about it? What are you going to do about it? That's what it comes down to, church. That's what it comes down down to. What am I personally going to do about it? Stand with me, please.